0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Hello and welcome to another edition of the wildcat scoop podcast I'm senior editor of wildcat authority jason Shear, and uh There's a few things going on. Normally, um, you know, I'd I'd be doing a podcast this time of year with Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament or looking ahead to the NCAA tournament, and um, we know why Arizona's not in the NCAA tournament. So since the season ended, um, it's kind of switched focus to uh, Sean Miller, his contract status, what Arizona's going to do with that, um, you know, things like that. And what I did is for this one, because it's been a little bit, uh, I asked for some questions. So we're, we're going to get right into that and then kind of move forward with, uh, with a couple other things. So the first question comes from poster Cisco 12, why the sudden change from Robbins after three or four years of support of wanting Miller gone, why do we pay for an athletic director who isn't allowed to do his job? Good question. Um, you know, it, I think with Robbins, the situation isn't necessarily that he's against Miller. I mean, like he could be, but I think a large part of it is that, you know, if you remember when Jed Fish was hired, the reaction was just brutal. I mean, I, I posted on the board that I had never seen anything like it in all my years of doing this, you know, 20 years almost going on of being in this business. I It was unbelievable to me and Fish was hired, and he's done all the right things, and fans love him before he's even coached a game. That could change when he coaches a game. I don't know. I'm going to wait and see approach with spring football starting up here in a couple weeks. But the reality is that the mood regarding Judd Fish has completely changed. And I think that what happened there was Robin said, look, I made that hire. Look how much the fans do it. They may hate whoever I bring in for basketball, but they'll learn to love him type of deal. And I think that in his head that he could bring in his own guy and that it would be met with scrutiny at first. But, hey, you know, Jed Fish was met with scrutiny at first, too. And I think it's an ego thing. I really do. Now, Arizona isn't winning like Robbins wants them to win. But I I don't know if it's personal as much as this is who Robbins is. He's Arizona's athletic director. And I said it last year. You know, uh, even before that, that he's the guy that makes the decisions. He has gone to football and basketball coaches in the past with actual plays and advice on what they should run. And I'm not sure you could find a school president who's done that. Um, And and so it's tough for me without talking to Rawmans and knowing his true mindset, if it is a Miller thing or if it is a I'm the best athletic director (laughs) in the country thing. Um, Either way, there's no doubt that the level of support – for Sean Miller around the university and the administration at least has changed. Um, And, and that was clear kind of delving into some things that was clear, you know, last week when Robbins basically um, if you guys read the USA today report, that was right. Robbins basically asked Sean Miller to resign Um, and Sean Miller and no human being is going to resign without the money in his pocket. And so basically Robbins tried to get out of the coaching agreement for free. The boosters found out, and um, that, you know, it, the boosters control Arizona athletics more than Robbins did. And I don't think that Robbins realized the power of the boosters until it was right in front of him. You probably thought, oh, you know, it's no big deal. A couple angry boosters, whatever. So be it. We already kind of have that, <laughs> you know, I'll move forward. But when the boosters that are angry are you are the three top boosters in the school responsible for a very, very large chunk of your athletic department budget responsible for travel responsible for other things those aren't the guys that you want to piss off because you are basically even if you get rid of Sean Miller you are starting from scratch um, financially with whatever new coach and so that's kind of where this situation has gone as far as the athletic director goes Dave Hickey is the exact athletic director that Robbins wants he's an athletic director that does nothing has no power Robbins isn't going to hire an athletic director that has a lot of power and wants to do the job. And I think that's something that should be recognized is that a bunch of people say, oh, you know, when is he going to fire Hickey? When is Dave Hickey going to get fired? Well, why would he be fired? I mean, could he be fired? I I guess. But why? He's doing exactly what Robbins wants him to do, which is nothing. I mean, Hickey has power over baseball. He's a big baseball dude. If it was up to him, baseball would be the number one sport on campus. And I'm not disrespecting Jay Johnson or Arizona baseball. I'm just saying he is a very big baseball guy. You know, he goes on the radio and tells you about how he's in the concession booth and all that. If you haven't heard it, it was great. Um, like, you know, handing out popcorn and digging up on the field and all that. He, he's a baseball guy. And so if he's can do baseball in the smaller sports, that's fine with Robbins. But in terms of football and basketball, he's not going to have any say. And Robbins isn't going to want to bring in a guy that's going to come and argue with him. Robbins wants to be the athletic director. He is, you know, one of the more involved school presidents in the country. I've never seen anything like it, personally. You know, you get the occasional opinion from a school president and all that, but you don't hear about school presidents leading searches, contract negotiations, um, etc. It is absolutely wild, um, the power that Robbins wants to have and, and tries to have, and that's why there's just no reason. It just no makes no sense um, for Robbins to hire an actual athletic director. It, it just, you know, and and it just it, it won't work because Robbins is the athletic director. That's why when I tweet about sports lately, Arizona Athletics, I tweet, you know, athletic director, Robert Robbins, and administrator Dave Hickey, because that's what it is. And that's just, you know, what I think people have to get used to is, yeah, we can make an AD hot board, but it would require Dave Hickey probably getting another job because Robbins isn't going to hire an athletic director to do something. That's just not in, in his job description. Um, so moving on. <laughs> Next question. Roster movement. Uh, I could dedicate a whole podcast to that. Uh, you know, it's, it's up in the air arizona basketball roster movement i know everyone wants to know who's coming who's staying who's going all that uh it is up in the air i will say i do expect a handful of guys to leave um you know i have hinted in the past jamal baker is a guy where i would personally be surprised if he came back what that means i don't know yet it could be in another school um you know jamal baker is a very confident great kid but very confident kid he may say look if i get in front of nba scouts i can i can." Prove him wrong, or I can just go to Europe. Um, he gets injured quite a bit. Maybe he's just done, you know. And so he's the guy where I would be surprised if he came back. And um, you know, Daniel Baccio is a guy where um, you know he didn't play last season. Maybe he gets a European offer and, and goes back to France. I think that's something to, to keep an eye on. Um, Terrell Brown Jr. He's been in college for quite a bit. Does he decide? You know, enough is enough. And I don't think he'll transfer schools. I think it's more likely he goes the Europe route and and tries to get paid to to play professionally. And and so those are the three guys I'd probably keep an eye on. Benedict Mathurin is up in the air. Um, It is not a guarantee that he tests the waters. He might test the waters, but it's not a guarantee that he stays. There's a legitimate possibility that he's back next year. Um, Other than that, you know, I I think that the core is returning. I I think Dalen Perry comes back. I think Ajulis... Um, You know, he's probably going to get some European offers. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, he he decides to come back. But don't get scared if you hear that, you know, he's got a European offer. There's, you know, European uh, organizations recruiting him. Uh, I think that's naturally going to happen. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, James Akinjo, he is going to test the NBA waters. I don't think he'll get drafted, but maybe a team says something that he likes and he stays in. From what I understand, he is open to staying in the draft before you freak out. Uh, I think the expectation is that he will be back, but it is something that he is very seriously looking at. Um, You know, again, don't freak out just yet. It's (laughs) right the test of water. I don't see him as a player that would get drafted, but you know, you never know in this day and age uh, in the NBA. Jordan Brown should be back, Christian Coloco should be back. And so the core of the team, you know, Sean Miller said it after the season, he wasn't lying. Yeah, there's going to be a couple guys that leave, um, but I don't think it's going to be anyone that'll significantly alter the trajectory of where they want this team to be. Um, I, I think that, you know, when you look at the core, Akinjo, Ajulis, Dalen Terry, um, they're, they're, you know, Kirk Krisa, uh, you know, they, they believe that those guys will be back. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's from there you kind of fill the needs with with transfers. And and as we said on the board, next season may be the most you-have-to-win season in Sean Miller's career. Because if the, the boosters can go to Robbins and say, we want Miller, and Robbins can say, okay, that's, that's fine. But if Sean Miller and Arizona don't win next season, eventually the boosters are smart enough to realize and say, hey, we can only do this for so long. And I think that the way the contract will probably be designed is, hey, We're willing to give you an extension and willing to put the years there because you need them for for recruiting and and to get this program, you know, where you want it to be. But if you don't show improvement next season with the team that's mostly returning, that most people will think, you know, will compete for Pac-12 title, let's say the team disappoints, we can only go so far with that. And and I think that's justified. I I think that all parties, including Sean Miller, would agree that, hey, you know, I, I understand completely I need to win. And so what you're going to see happen is you're going to see Arizona fill the spots on the roster with guys that they believe will play and contribute right away. So you take a look at a guy like Ty Ty Washington, for instance. Yeah, he's a freshman or will be a freshman, but that's a guy where they believe that he will be able to contribute right away. Um, You know, they'll they'll go and they're looking for a true four. It could be a face up four that'll stretch the floor or a four that could you know D everybody up. I think the ideal one is a four that could guard the five, the three, and, you know, kind of be versatile. And I've said this before, but think Oregon. Heck, it wouldn't even surprise me if Sean Miller called Dana Altman and picked his brain a little bit because they're besties. Um, That is not exaggerated. They're like besties. They're coaching best friends. And so um, that is, you know, kind of moving to the next question, change in offensive philosophy. I don't want to get too much into it, but, again, think Oregon. The four out, the one in, guys that can create – for their own, um, you know, last year it was basically what? It was one guy that could create his own shot. It was James Akinjo. Uh, I think you'll see more guys that can create their own shot. I think ideally you have guys where those offensive lulls kind of go away because you're having more than one guy that can create his shot. Um, even if you have two guys, that's one more than Arizona probably had last season. And so that's kind of the move for the offensive philosophy. It's already in play. You can tell by the recruiting. I don't think it's a secret. Just look at who Arizona's recruiting, bringing in more guards, bringing in more versatile forwards. Even for 2022 class, look at who they're recruiting. When you see that Arizona's involved with transfers, look at what type of transfers there are. You know, there are some guys that are probably going to become available. That'll make complete sense. And, yeah, Arizona's going to call them up. Um, Washington's one of them. 6'3 guard, can defend well, can score well at numerous levels, can create his own shot. Yeah, he makes sense. Are there background issues? Sure. But look, I mean, Mark Lyons got criticized for his background and all that, and he was fine when he was here. Um, When Sean Miller was at Xavier, those are the type of dudes that he brought in, and he did great with them. And so Sean Miller doesn't usually mind background issues, and if he wants Washington, um, like I said, it's his career on the line. And so who am I to argue or does anyone to argue if Sean Miller goes and says, I want Ty Ty Washington, forget the background issues. This is Sean Miller's career uh, on the line. So if he wants them, that should be good enough for for just about, you know, everyone. Um, next question, why should we believe these offensive and some defensive changes are going to be long-lasting? Um, I don't know. You know, I can't, I can't sit here and convince you. I'm not the coaching staff, but I will say that if you take a look at the recruiting philosophy, um, it pretty much fits the fact that they want to change things. Um, you know, in terms of roster, don't be surprised if Dalen plays a little more four. Uh, my guess is they go out and they get a, a four, like I mentioned. Actually, it's not a guess. I'm very confident they're going to go out and get a four. Uh, Ajulis kind of plays a little more five. They go smaller, a little bit more athletic. I, you know, I shouldn't say smaller because it's not smaller. It's bigger at every position. So maybe it's smaller by four standards. Like Oregon played a six-seven-four, but then they had a small four that was 6-6, six, six, a shooting guard that was 6-5, and a point guard that was 6-4. And so they're a bigger, more athletic team. And I think that's what we're going to see, but – um, yeah, I, I'm fully of the belief, I understand you need to see it to believe it. I completely get that. It makes sense to me. Um, like any sport, you know, like football with the tight end, we can hear it every year, but until we see it, we're not going to believe it. And uh, I completely understand where you're coming from, but talking to people around the program, seeing how they recruit, it is definitely um, something that is, is being discussed and already kind of into play. Um, It's already moving forward. They're already doing it, and it would take a major change. And if they're not going to change their offensive Mm -hmm. philosophy and this is how they're recruiting, uh, it's going to fail because it just doesn't fit what Arizona has been doing in the past few years. So from there, it it kind of, I mean, it's kind of they have to because if they don't, uh, their roster is kind of screwed. Side note, my dogs are currently fighting. They've decided they only fight when I do podcasts. It's, It's remarkable, but... They're staring at me like they're doing nothing wrong when they know they are. Um, Next question, recruiting thoughts. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to recruit effectively. It's it's very difficult for Sean Miller to get on the phone without knowing where he's going to be because that's going to be one of the first questions by these guys. Um, Maybe not a one-and-done type of guy, but a guy that wants to be here two, three years where they're saying are you going to be our coach in two years? Like if you're not going to be my coach and you can't sit there and guarantee me and show me that you're going to be my coach in two years, I'm not committing. And it can absolutely be negatively recruited against. It is very difficult to recruit, hence the extension. And I think if you're Sean Miller, I'm not going to say you would take a pay cut, but I think that the contract would be more in the shape of, yeah, I need the years as opposed to the money because, because the, the years is what's going to convince the recruit. A recruit doesn't care how much money their coaches make. That's not part of it. It's the years. And so if Sean Miller can go to a recruit and say, "Look, um, you know, I, I've got a four-year contract. That's much different than, hey, I got a two-year contract, but I'm making $3 million." No, coaches, recruits don't care about that. Those years is is what's going to kind of tilt a recruit so until he gets those can he be negatively recruited yeah but as soon as he gets into some type of an extension with three years whatever it may be life becomes much much easier they're not reading the details of that contract you know if that contract says one more level one violation in your fight recruits don't care about that it's are you going to be here to coach me at the university of arizona if i commit the end and if sean miller can point to it and then, you know, it's going to happen. And it doesn't matter what Tad Boyle or Mick Cronin or any of those other guys say, because Sean Miller has those years uh, right in front of him. And so that's, you know, that that's kind of where things are at with, with negative recruiting. Uh, next question, can you expand on the other thread where you said another year ban would change things drastically? Yeah, I mean, look, even if they agree to an extension, if Arizona... Goes to the AARP, IARP, and gets another postseason ban. I wouldn't be surprised if Robin said, Look, it's just, we, this is, we got to move on. Like, we just, we got to move on. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's even a mutual understanding of that happening in the sense where, you know, it's going to be hard, you know, keeping a coach where you've got a, a multi year postseason ban. Now, I will say this. There is a very large amount of confidence surrounding the program, administration, et cetera, that Arizona will not get another postseason ban. That the reason they did the one is because they can get out of it with that one. And if there was ever a year to do it, it was this year with COVID. I mean, look at the ACC already. You know, you've got teams that aren't even probably going to be able to participate in the NCAA tournament. Virginia, for instance, Um, you know, there's, there's teams that aren't really probably going to be able to do it. And so Arizona said, if there's a year to get out of the NCAA NCAA tournament, it's this. And so they did the postseason ban. Arizona coaching staff, while maybe not approached about it before it happened, agreed with it. They weren't angry about the move. Um, But they are confident that it'll be that one year. If it turns out to be more than one year or something else is unearthed about Miller, uh, I think Arizona would probably need an out in that regard, and they'd probably use it. And, And I'm not sure that Sean Miller would necessarily disagree. Is it likely? No. But if you're smart um, and you're Arizona, you need that kind of language in a contract or that understanding. And if you're Miller and you're confident in your position, you're going to agree with it because, I mean, that's that's just natural. Um, next question. Who are the top candidates to replace Larry Scott? Uh, there's a bunch. <clears throat> I could probably get into that in another podcast, but I will say this. Uh, there is a lot of chatter that Greg Byrne is getting a push for the job. And that it would be headquartered in Phoenix. Um, I don't know if that's breaking news. Well, it might be. It might be a little scoop, little little podcast scoopage. But there's been a lot of chatter um, by some powerful people at Arizona and other schools that uh, are basically saying Greg Byrne headquartered in Phoenix, and and that would be the uh, the plan. And, and so that's something to keep an eye for. Um, is it likely? I don't know. Um, but that rumor has been gaining steam uh, as of late. And, and so that's something at least. Um, to keep in mind you know it 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 would help arizona Uh, i you know i know greg byrne is polarizing but um, it definitely wouldn't hurt arizona if the pac-12 headquarters were in phoenix and that the former athletic director of arizona was the pac-12 commissioner so you know there's there's a lot of names out there but i think for arizona fans that is uh that is definitely the most intriguing option that's kind of been been floated about Last question, COVID sucked by not having fans. How was your experience being able to hear the coaches and players? Um, it's still hard to hear them where we are. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's just it's difficult. I mean, we're not, like, right on the court. Uh, you couldn't really hear players talking trash or anything like that. The one coach that kind of turned me off a little bit this year, kind of a sidetrack, is Kyle Smith of Washington State. Um, he's a maniac. <laughs> we saw him when Arizona played there, and he kind of got into it with Terrell Brown. Uh, he screams wild. You know, he, he's he's a very loud dude. Passionate, I guess is the word you could say. But, you know, we saw the other day in the Pac-12 tournament, he slammed the water bottle and got a tech with one second left, which is just you can't do. Um, he's just, he's he's an interesting coach. I don't know if he's a good coach yet. I, I think a lot of it is scheduling. When you take a look at how he schedules, he's very smart with, uh, with, with how he schedules. And so that's something that is, you know, maybe people have to, kind of take a, a better look at but um, but he's a guy that maybe you know kind of turned me off a, a little bit this season and, and so um, other than that it, it's it's tough to say I mean you can't really hear too much trash talk there's still the fake fans and all that going on but um, it, it it was boring uh, there's no other way to put it I absolutely this was the least enjoyable year of covering Arizona basketball I've ever had and it had nothing to do with the team. I mean, it's just boring. Like there's 12 people in there, five people cheering. It's just, it's, it's awful. I mean, I miss the fans. I miss going to McHale. Um, you know, with fans. And even if you know the place is half full, it'd still be better. Shoot, you could put 200 people in there. It's still better than what we saw. And I bet if you asked the other reporters, they would say the same thing. And that uh, it was just boring. Like it's just there's no fun in it. So I'm, you know. Kind of moving forward, that was the last of the questions. But overall, um, kind of summing up the Sean Miller situation, again, there was a time where he it, it looked done. I mean, Robbins called Miller in the office, basically asked him to resign. Asked him for him. You know, you saw the USA Today report. I had heard the same thing. Um, Sean Miller's not going to sit there and resign. No coach is resigning and say, like, sure, you know, take my money. Why not? Boosters got involved, and now it looks a lot better. I would expect Sean Miller to get an extension, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, I don't know when it's going to get done. You know, Arizona could be waiting for a kind of a media dump, like Sunday, for instance. You know, why not dump it Sunday during Selection Sunday? It'll be a 12-hour news cycle. Or the Final Four, dump it the night before the Final Four. You know, it'll. It, I think they're going to do it where it gets limited attention, and limited criticism which is funny because they've never hid from criticism before they have no idea how to run PR and all that but now they're probably going to do it um, and, and so it's uh, it's it's kind of where things are now I think that uh, it'll kind of be done I, 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 it won't kind of be done it'll get done <laughs> um, but I don't I don't know when and I don't know what it'll look like I just know that it's Absolutely trending in the right direction when a week or so ago it was absolutely trending in the wrong direction um, So we're uh, we're gonna do more of these. I know it's been a while and I know I say that but um, Yeah, I promise that We'll, we'll do more of these um, kind of off-topic um, If you're listening to this, you probably know by now or if you don't um, I know there's still some people that don't my Twitter got hacked at Jason Shear and at AZ Authority We lost all followers Um, I had like 8,000 followers, built up a brand um, that got cut to like a thousand. It was pretty difficult. I took it pretty hard. Um, Not because, you know, it's Twitter, big deal. But, uh, you know, those are people you you kind of build up. That's your business. Um, You know, you work hard to build it up. So if you're listening to this, please give me a follow at Jason Shear. The AZ Authority one, I don't know if I'm going to build up again. I might just tweet it for my name. Uh, I haven't haven't decided yet. I have it, but I don't know. I mean, it's pretty disheartening to kind of start from scratch. Um, so we'll see. But again, follow me on Twitter, at Jason Shear. I would greatly appreciate it. Spread the word. And once again, thanks for uh, for joining me on the Wildcat Scoop podcast. And uh, bear it up.